Living in Indiana may can only mean one thing, the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500. Naturally, I had to make an episode about the Indy 500, but what the heck does that have to do with investing? Well, I wasn't so sure either, considering I've only been to the race twice. I think I found it though. The 500 is a great metaphor for investing, and there are more similarities than you might think. In this episode, I'll share some 500 history, relate pit stops to rebalancing strategies, and compare car crashes to market crashes. Let's get to it. How about a little history lesson to start? The first running of the Indianapolis 500 was on May 30th, 1911. Ray Haroon won the race in six hours, 42 minutes, and eight seconds. Compare that to last year's winning race by Elio Castroneves in just two hours, 39 minutes, and 50 seconds. His fourth Indy 500 win at that, tying the all-time record for 500 wins. Okay, cool. So what does this have to do with stocks? Well, nothing really, but let's continue the history lesson. Anyone know how the market ended the year in 1911, the year of the first Indy 500? Although the S&P 500 didn't exist until 1923 and the NASDAQ not until 1971, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was alive and well, with 12 companies making up the index, compared to 30 now. It ended 1911 at 80.85 points for a return of negative 2.94%. Compare that to the Dow now hovering around 32,000 points. One more historical fun fact. As you might know, the Indy 500 winner celebrates with a glass of milk. A gallon of milk cost just 13 cents in 1911. All right, back to racing. Drivers averaged six pit stops during the 500 at just six to 10 seconds each. The crew changes all four tires and adds up to 18.5 gallons of fuel, which should last around 31 laps, assuming no yellow flags. If you've been to the 500 or watched an IndyCar race, you know they are fast in the pits. Every tenth of a second matters. And what about investing? Well, I liken a pit stop to rebalancing a portfolio, tightening up the gears and getting back on track. Periodic rebalancing, especially during volatility, can help maintain your strategic allocation. As always, I like to use data to back up my case. Schwab data shows that a portfolio of 60% stocks and 40% bonds at the start of 2003 would have drifted to 69% stocks and 31% bonds by the end of 2007 if it were never rebalanced. Note that the study used the S&P 500 as the stock proxy and the Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index as the bond proxy. The portfolio essentially became riskier with higher expected volatility just before the 2008 financial crisis. If the same portfolio was still never rebalanced, it would have been 76% stocks and 24% bonds at the end of 2018. Yikes. All the more reason we rebalance and stay strategic with our clients' equity and bond allocations, but also at the sector and stock level. Okay, I've got one more cheesy analogy between the Indy 500 and investing. Crashes. They're inevitable and stressful, but not uncommon. Just last year, Graham Rahal crashed out of the race after a pit stop error. Similarly with investing, crashes happen. Over the 20-year period from 2002 to 2021, a decline of at least 10% occurred in 10 out of every 20 years, with an average pullback of 15%. Despite the corrections, stocks rose in most years, with positive returns in all but three years, and an average gain of approximately 7%. And how long do these pullbacks typically last? Well, since 1966, the average bear market, 
a decline of 20% or more, lasted roughly 15 months, far shorter than the average bull market of more than five and a half years. And bear markets often end as abruptly as they begin, with a quick and difficult to predict rebound. Case in point, the S&P 500's pandemic-fueled bear market in early 2020 lasted a mere 33 days. Just another reason long-term investors tend to be better off staying the course, you know, like the 500, and not pulling money out of the market. Stay tuned for my next episode where I'll get into more detail on the importance of time in the market versus timing the market. With that, let's wrap this up. The Indianapolis 500 is just around the corner and I hope I've given you some food for thought about making your own pit stops and staying the course despite crashes. Who are you rooting for in this year's Indy 500? Thanks for joining.